been called up for the Lions Tour, growing up in Tonga, or helping Wales women bounce back this autumn? We'll find out in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from Wales women's captain Sean Lillycrap and coach Geraint Lewis, while Scarlet's back bonus Yoni Kalamafoni describes his fascinating background. But first, what a roller coaster 12 months has been for Ospreys, Wales, and Lions lock Adam Beard. Left out of the Wales squad altogether last autumn to work on his game, he bounced back big time in the Six Nations, then left out of the initial Lions touring squad to South Africa. Injury to Ospreys and Wales colleague Alan Wynne Jones opened the door. He goes on the tour and plays in the third test. So, what's it all been like for him? Oh my god, absolutely crazy, man. Carnage, that's the word for it. Uh, no, but yeah, it was um, a bit of a weird one. It was like the season in general, really. Started off with disappointment with Wales not being selected there, then having a really positive um, impact with the Ospreys then going forward, then having a really good Six Nations getting back into the squad, getting a good campaign there. Then I obviously had the, the initial email with the Lions, so I thought, oh God, never know it could be this year. But then obviously the, the initial disappointment of not being picked and then having a week's camp up in North Wales with the Wales squad coming back, watching the game against Japan, seeing Al go down, obviously disappointed at first and then getting the phone call on that Saturday night and meeting with the squad the day after. So it was literally craziest, I'd say, 12 hours of my rugby career probably to date. How did you pack? First of all, I had three missed calls off Gats and Thumper. So, and then when I finally answered my phone, it was off Prav, the physio. And it was literally, it was funny because they were like, oh, are you being ignored out of phone calls? I was like, no, 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 I promise you I haven't. I haven't, I swear I don't. But um, it was literally like, look, you're going to meet uh, with Navs in the Vale next morning and just pack your boots, pack a bit of casual kit. And that was it really. And then as soon as I met the squad in Edinburgh on the Sunday after the game, I had... Everything chucked to me like kit, all you can name, and it was literally just a whirlwind. The tour itself, did you enjoy it? I mean, obviously, the suit can come out in the end, but as an experience, it was awesome, it was unbelievable. And even though it was um, probably not the best of tours in regards of the COVID situation, because everything was high in lockdown up in South Africa, and South Africa was in the red country at the moment, and it was high COVID rates, so like, we couldn't really do any sightseeing, can do that sort of stuff, which is obviously normally on the agenda in the Lions Tour. But nonetheless, it's still an amazing experience to get out there, to represent the Lions, to meet new players. Different players do different things. And it was just, for a young young player like myself, it was just, just an awesome experience. Did you think you'd get that test, you know, with all the second rows that were out there and you coming in late? God, no, no chance if you... When I first got called up, if you asked me, do you think I was going to play in a test? I would have laughed you and said, no way. But I do remember when I first got out there, Gas just pulled me to a side and he said, like, obviously, congratulations being called up. But he said, look, don't sit in your laurels here. I really want you to put your hand up. Do what you did with Wales in the Six Nations and really push for that test spot. And I know the uh, first couple of club games went very well for myself. And I felt like I really put my hand up for the games. And I just remember him saying after the selection for the first test, like, look, you're, you're really unlucky not to be involved here. And I remember them showing us stats that how much the actual test team changes from game one to game three, that there's going to be opportunities for more players going forward. So it was just about, look, 
keep training well, keep on your toes, and then the opportunity might come along. And then I was just lucky enough to be involved in that in that last test. You're the first Welsh Lion to play. Obviously, you felt ready. You'd had all the work done. You've had two replacement appearances. I had a very good time off to start with. Um, I, I think I had about five, five and a half weeks off in the end. And I had about three weeks of literally downtime, doing nothing whatsoever. And I was really good with the family. Then a couple of weeks training on my own before coming back in. And if the coaches thought I was ready, then I was ready to go. And they were looking at my numbers within training and stuff. And they felt like I was ready to go. And... As a young player, I want to play as much as I can. I know there's still things for me to improve on and I just want to get as much game time and as much rugby under my belt as possible. And it was good to be back for the first game and it's been really enjoyable being back in with the with the Ospreys and we've got a great environment here at the minute and um, to start the season off with two wins has been awesome. I was going to say, those victories bode well going forward? Yeah, definitely. Like You look at it, I know we only won by a couple of points, but... Well, Starbys are tough and they take a lot of energy out of you. But if you asked us before those two games, would you rather win them tight? And then we would have 100% taken the two wins. But like you said, we're looking forward to Sharks this week and it'd be nice to get a 3-0. and zero. Liam Williams got his appendix out last week. Yeah. Uh, you'll know where I'm going with this. You've experienced that as a young man, you know, before yeah. the 2019 World Cup. I don't want to bring up too many bad memories, but yeah. Wales play at the end of the month. Did you get back in 24 days and is it possible? I don't think I was 24 days. I think I might have been a little bit longer than that. But I lost a lot of weight and I lost a lot of size. And you can look at Sand, he's not, he's not the biggest of guys, so hopefully he won't lose too much of his size and weight. But, yeah, because I lost so much, I was nowhere near the, the size and physicality that I needed to be to play test rugby at second row. But, fingers crossed, Sand had, had good surgery and his recovery's back on, on with that and he can get back in pretty quickly. So, fingers crossed for him. You know what the South Africans are like. Obviously, from that experience, you've got them again in a few weeks' time. What do you take out of the summer that can help Wales? I suppose it's quite similar. Again, you've seen, looking at the Lions Tour and probably the the Rugby Championship they've been in now, that the, the game plan they set, they like to try and physically dominate up front, use their set piece a lot, and they've got a lot of uh, backs who like to have a, a good kicking game. So... Look, it's just about meeting fire with fire up front, matching them on, on the gain line and trying to get that physicality and then taking that set-piece game towards them. And then the kicking game, just about being safe as houses then, really, and being good under the high ball because they know they're going to put a lot of bombs on us and stuff like that, so we've got to be sound in that area. Yes, hopefully lessons learned from the summer that can be put into practice this autumn. But now a remarkable story from the much-travelled Scarlet's back rower, Sione Kalamafoni. But let the Tongan tell it for himself. I grew up with nine kids. So my parents, including nine kids. I'm the second youngest of the nine. The oldest and the youngest, you know, sadly passed away, you know, a long time ago. The rest is one, the youngest in Tonga, uh, the rest are in America, and then I'm over here in the UK. But growing up in a home is, um, yeah, it was, it was fun because uh, not only we have nine, well, pretty much like seven, and we have cousins that live with us. I don't think there's any time in the house that less than, well, 10 kids that are living with us. And my parents are like taking in whoever wants to come and live with us either to help them out or lighten the burden for their parents or they just want to stay with us because I got four older brothers and obviously, you know, being 
just with boys and stuff, I think they wanted to come and hang around with my older brothers. So I don't think there's any time uh, less than 10 kids in in the house. Uh, there's always like 12 or 15 kids around the house. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but tough sometimes. Uh, but I don't know how my parents did it, though. You mentioned that some of your siblings are living in different parts of the world. When, when was the last time you all met up? Uh, last time I saw them was four years ago. We wanted to go this summer. We wanted to go and see them, but obviously we can't. And yeah, hopefully hopefully next summer we can go. So, Obviously, when you were a teenager, I read that you did a bit of missionary work in uh, Chicago. Just talk to me about that experience and how it came about. Well, I belong to a church called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Christian Church. And we volunteer when we get to the age of when I was back then, it was age 19. So we volunteer to go. We pay ourselves to go and uh, volunteer to go anywhere in in the world, really. Our leaders, uh, which we have prophets that um, assign us to our areas, and I was assigned to go to Chicago, north side of Chicago. So uh, we cover a huge area of like the northern side of, of Illinois from Chicago to Iowa on the northern side of Illinois. So uh, we got to move around and stuff in there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I spent about a whole year in um, not city center, but like in the city uh, part of the city as well. So it was a lot of fun. You see a lot of uh, good things, uh, bad things things that will help teenager grow, really. And I wouldn't change it for anything, really. That two years that two years of my life helped, helped my life to become a little bit older and mature a little bit more. What sort of things were you doing while you were there? Mainly, we go around and teach about, about God and about Christ. Uh, we help out in the community. One area, we were partnered up with some nuns, uh, so every Tuesday, every Tuesday and stuff, we wake up and go help out with the food, food banks and stuff, delivering them or helping pack them and stuff like that. So just helping out in the communities and everything like that. So. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Quite a backstory and quite a player. But now on to the women's game. New WIU Performance Director Nigel Walker admitted in last week's podcast is one of his main priorities coming into the role to help Wales women bounce back from some disappointing results with a new coaching team and more appointments to come. On the bright side, there's wing Jazz Joyce, whose skills have made her something of a global superstar. Plenty for Captain Shu and Lillycrap to discuss with Rob Cole, starting with her day job running the rugby programme at Swansea University. Bucks Rugby back. What sort of shape is your team in? Uh, very good. It's so exciting. It's actually been 500 and something days since we last played. So it's actually really funny because looking at the squad for today, there's only three boys in there that have actually played Bucks Super Rugby before, which is massive. You know, we've essentially got two years with the students which haven't played Bucks Super Rugby. We've been back in pre-season since second week of July. So we've had a good 10 week window where we've been grafting hard. We've had the most boys back for pre-season, which we've ever had. We've had roughly a group of 45 players. They've trained well, they've gelled well, and they've worked really hard over pre-season. I'm confident in this group of players. 
they're a great group of lads to be fair and a lot of talent within that squad so um, I think we'll see an exciting brand of rugby which we'll look to play as Swansea you know we're not the biggest side is the reality and we've never really been the biggest side but we're a very talented group and we'll, we'll look to move the ball a lot keep the ball in play a lot I think we've got our best squad that we've had in, in a fair few years so and in terms of partnerships with Scarlet and Ospreys how many players have you got from there who might be available to you? Yeah, so partnerships with both regions have, have developed substantially and you know, I think we've seen success in our programme with Ospreys, for example, signing Max Nagy this year, who was a university student for three years, not on anyone's radar, yeah. come to us, part of our programme, great player and developed him throughout that period. He's now got a professional contract. We've got lots of academy boys from the Ospreys and Scarlets in our programmes and we'll see some of them appear Callum Dodd on the wing there's Harry Williams from, from Scarlets Peter Vickers, Ospreys Academy player back row and, and those are just to name a few so you know, I, I really truly believe now the regions see the benefit of, of Buck Super yeah. Rugby and how important it is and it is a different type of game to, to the Welsh Prem is, is the reality, it's, it's young men, adults moving the ball around a lot more ball and players yeah. high it's a fast game and you do play against completely different sides like when we face Exeter's it's a completely different oh, yeah. game to play in Cardiff Met for instance yeah, you know and the same when we play Durham so you know I, I personally think it's a great league and you know we've seen success in what we've done as a university and, and other universities have done you know Cardiff Met have done brilliant with some of their players over, over the years as well so yeah I'm just you know I'm excited for the boys as well to be able to play in front of a crowd and seeing how we go, really. The Joyce lady. Yeah. We would all agree, media-wise, she's probably the greatest Welsh rugby player at the moment. Yeah. Men or women. Yeah. She's just sensational. Yeah, she is. How do we get the ball to her? Yeah, that's a good, good question. How do we get her into the game more? Yeah. How do we let the fans see her in a Welsh shirt doing what she can do everywhere else? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, with this interim coaching side, you know, I think hopefully that would be our game plan to kind of be able to bring Jazz into the, the game some more. You know, we're, we're hugely proud of her as, you know, as, as a teammate, but also a friend and, and Welsh rugby, you know, hugely proud of what she's achieved and how she's performed in the Olympics on the World Series stage now. She's been absolutely phenomenal. But one thing I will say about Jazz is, you know, she works hard, she grafts hard. Obviously, it does come naturally and she's a, a natural athlete and, and player, but she doesn't leave no stone unturned, you know, it's, it's a lot what everyone else doesn't see is how much hard work she's yeah. put in behind the scenes to achieve that, you know, before the Olympics she won't even need a chocolate brownie like weeks beforehand, but that's how committed and dedicated she is. And I how think, you become a double Olympian. Yeah, exa exactly that, and that's what I think the point I'm trying to make is, you know, she, even though she's hugely talented, she doesn't leave no stone un unturned and that's how you become a double link yes. it does take hard work and it does take hard graft yeah. but you know we're hugely proud of her she's a great person yeah. as well on top of that so because the game needs some poster girls yeah poster rugby players you've got rugby yep. as your job, job. and yep. then you've got this on top but i guess you know Nigel was saying that yes everything's on the table but yeah, you know, I think for, for us as players, you know, whenever you put on that red shirt and, and that three feathers, it, it's an honour, no matter what the circumstance, you know, when we have had a, had a tough time, like has been highlighted, but for us to give the absolute best to that jersey and be the best version of ourselves, you know, we need to be 
invested in more, which which Nigel, you know, has said is going to happen yeah. in some format now with the recommendations of, of the review. So that is the reality for us to be the best version of ourselves we can be. Yeah. Something else has to give. Looking at the positives, looking forward, you know, Nigel's appointment is massive for us and his direction over now, his priority is the women's game, so that pathway. Yeah. I have absolute faith and believe every word that, that Nigel says and I have no reason absolutely not to. So, you know, that's exciting. He's now started. Hopefully, big changes can happen with, reg- with regards to that. And, you know, the reality is, you know, Stephen and, well, the WIU, but Stephen and Nigel have, have apologised to us as players and said, you know, it hasn't been good enough. And, we're sorry this has happened but are committed to change and you know the big thing for us as players and we've all spoken about it and agreed it we've we've now got to be open-minded embrace the change embrace what's going to be put forward to us and really move forward you know i think for us to dwell on the past now we won't be able to move forward yeah. so i think you know, we're, we're almost in agreement as players we've got a, a new beginning got a, yeah a new beginning yeah. and we've got to embrace this and i i you know a couple of people have said to me oh you've heard this before but you know, we, we've got to believe it, otherwise we'll never move forward. Well, you want that. to get better, don't you? You yeah, don't want to be absolutely. captain of a team that's losing in the manner it has done. No. That's not what you're about, that's not what you want. You're right, that's not what we want. And, it, and that is that is mentally tough to be yeah. in those battles and uh, feeling feeling that drained yeah. after a game and not really knowing the answer. But I, I am confident that will change because you know, I'm also super confident in the girls that we have and their abilities, you know. We've never had so many playing at a high level yeah. consistently. You know, exactly. Quality in that tournament and you know, look at the quality that we've got. Yeah, I, you're, you're right, like there's huge quality and the girls are performing week in, week out for the Allianz Club so we're, we're playing in real good sides and performing against real tough oppositions with look at those international players yeah. that whether they're English, from USA, from Canada, we're playing against week in, week out, and you know the reality is our Welsh girls are a lot of the talking yeah. points in in those games. So, you know, I'm super confident in the girls' abilities and where we are as, as a playing squad. Yeah. Our next challenge is how we bring that to the Welsh jersey yeah. now, which I'm confident we can do as players, where we're committed to giving our all to change yeah. those performances. The battle for these young girls now is going to be intense. The incredible thing is if you are a young girl coming through now, everyone's pouring money and resources. It couldn't have been a better time to be a young aspiring sportswoman, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, uh, the WIU have launched these skills camps that are going to happen now for girls, which is a huge positive, which will go into an under-18s regional programme. You know what, for me, that is just the starting blocks of where we need to go. It's, It's exciting. Most of our Alliance 15s games are live streamed, so girls yeah. can, can watch that. But, you know, we've had 18 months, a tough 18 months with COVID, limited sport, but now opportunities are really coming up for girls to engage in the game and actually see a pathway that they can develop to. Certainly are. Now, one of the new coaches is someone who's done the job before and who saw a bit of success in the role compared to what followed. That's Garant Lewis, who described his role beside Yoan Cunningham as Wales women prepare for their autumn programme. Along with Johan, we'll be sort of uh, lead coaches, so taking a bit more responsibility maybe than we have in the past. And um, mostly we're just working together, trying to give the girls the best guidance and support that we possibly can do, try and uh, maximise our performances over this autumn period. You've been involved in the women's game before, of course, so how much are you drawing on that, especially with a coaching team who don't have your experience? You learn as you go along, like anything in rugby, and hopefully I've learned some things um, which can help us over this period, but also 
know, it's great to have Johan and Richard involved because they work in a professional level on a weekly basis with the Scarlets especially. So, you know, I'll be drawing upon their knowledge and expertise as well, which is great for me and great for the for the squad. So um, it's exciting we can have that added to our environment. Where do you assess the Wales women's team compared to when you were last involved? Obviously, there's been lots of things going on, but a lot of the girls are playing in England now and are doing well uh, with their respective clubs. There's a new sort of positivity in the squad with Nigel's appointment now, and, and, and hopefully things are looking up in lots of different ways. So, and with the fixtures coming up in, in autumn, they're really challenging but exciting. So, I think there's more hope and an expectation now that the future is looking um, better for uh, women's rugby in Wales. Not all that long ago that you were involved. But an awful lot's changed in that time, and I suppose one of the big changes is that back then they were playing at least part of the season in a regional structure in Wales. Now, all the better players pretty much are playing over in England all the time. Different circumstances, and um, there's been lots of different reasons for that, and uh, you know some of them quite difficult, I suppose. But yeah, the situation is at the moment that the, lots of the girls are playing in England, which is an excellent standard. Which you know they get exposed to play with different players from different countries, etc. And I do think it, it has benefited them in ways, but in other ways, the last time they were playing in Wales as well, they had a successful period of time through that autumn. So I'm sure decisions will be made in the future about how things will look for those girls going forward but ultimately you know um, the better the competitions and there are and you know there's aspirational opportunities for girls in Wales that's important and I'm sure Nigel as part of his role will put those things in place which he thinks are best for the future of women's rugby in Wales. How much do you know about uh, the challenge coming from South Africa, Canada and Japan? Like any uh, country's probably been restricted in their ability to play in the last couple of years, but like rugby across the board, you know, they'll reflect their cultures and, and their styles in many ways. And, you know, the girls I've seen from Japan playing the Premier 15s are very good players, you know, technically proficient, high work rate, like you'd expect from Japanese players. A bit of the stuff we've seen from uh, South Africa who played recently, you know, they will play maybe a, a little bit slower pace game to Japan but they will be more attritional they will be you know a physical force there'll be different challenges in those first two games and then Canada are consistently a top four team in the world in, in women's rugby with superb athletes especially so they'll be a huge challenge to finish It was a few years ago they played South Africa in, in this autumn series and were very very competitive yeah. is that attainable again do you think that's where they are now what, what's your assessment that's what we're aiming for that's what we're working towards you know we want to win games of international rugby because you know that'll build confidence and that'll build trust in the program going forward so like any time we go on the field we, you know we want to win obviously it's easier said than done especially when you're playing against good players and you know different countries but certainly that that'll be our aim to hopefully start certainly being competitive and trying to make those competitive games into positive results Let's hope so. More from the Wales Women's Programme, of course, in the next few weeks on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.